Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 229. It's Wednesday. It's podcast day. It's 11 a.m. on Wednesday morning. I have been out with Hank. We just legged it this morning for an hour. Uh, It's dark. It's dark here in the morning. And so we went out just before 7 And it was dark. Uh, But by the time we finished our walk, an hour later, the sun was coming up uh, and it was a beautiful morning. It's a beautiful day here in the north, which is very cool because it's October. Uh, And then I went to the gym and just did a very yummy, delicious leg session Uh, I'm feeling really good after straining my back a week and a half ago. It took about a week, a week and a couple of days for it to feel good. And I still moved and trained the whole time uh, that it was strained. But I pushed pretty hard today and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I was actually just having a cool conversation with Candice. She is a woman at the gym that... You know, we'll have a good old chat uh, sometimes when we're both training at the same time. And she asked me what I was doing today. And I said, oh, it's podcast day because it's Wednesday. And she said, do you have to warm up your voice before you start? And I was like, oh, that's really funny that you ask that because I've spoken about that a few times on the podcast, how I've gone to record something earlier in the morning and my voice hasn't been warm it's, you know, it's been strained and it's really hard for uh, the, I guess, the voice to flow out, the projection, uh, the, uh, to be able to articulate, to pronunciate. Uh, and she's a dance teacher and she was saying that she has to warm up her voice before she teaches all afternoon and evening. And she was just telling me that fisherman's friends, I assume they're a mint, is like her kind of secret because it keeps her uh, throat moist, (laughs) like lubricated. And so we're just having a laugh about how we have to lubricate our our voice box, our throats before we get in front of a class or before I jump on the podcast. And that's normally why I don't start podcasting until mid-morning, mostly around lunchtime, is because I've got to warm up my body and voice. Uh, it, it, I, it doesn't go well when, when I'm cold. Uh, and so I find that I've got to walk Hank, have breakfast, you know, have two coffees, train, talk, talk to some people. Maybe sometimes it's just Carson or Hank. Uh, but normally, you know, I have a, have a good old chat with a handful of people at the gym and then I come home and have a snack, have a shower, set myself up and then I'm ready to go. Uh, and it was just, I was just thinking about how, you know, we need the preparation time to do certain things sometimes. So in training, uh, you know, 
especially the way that I lead women in their training, will always have uh, preparation work at the start before they start training. And that's really just to prepare their body and mind uh, for the session. And so even when, you know, I'm podcasting, I have preparation, something that I do that really works for me. And so when I land here and hit record, like I feel warm and feel ready. So I'm warm and I'm ready. (laughs) Let's let's do it. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about we're kind of, you know, we're we're flying on a a similar theme here. We're going to talk about cardio, HIIT training, and this idea of training hard. And is it, are they the villain of female hormones and health? Because there are claims out there by certain people, certain groups of people that training hard or doing HIIT or cardio ain't good for you. It's like the villain when it comes to our health and our hormones. So that's what we're going to talk about. Is it, is it really the villain? Uh, So today we're going to focus on a couple of different things. We are going to look at the claims out there around, you know, if you do cardio, you'll stress your body and create hormonal chaos. Uh, So we'll look at them. You know, what are the claims? Are they true? Is there any truth to them? And then we'll talk about the effects of cardio on your health, on your hormones and your immune function. And I'll I'll go through some current research on HIIT training and its role in inflammation, PMS, uh, health and body composition. We'll talk about why the inflammation from exercise is good, actually a good thing. Uh, the difference between short-term inflammation versus long-term chronic inflammation. And then some strategies to support you and your training during the luteal phase of your cycle. And we'll wrap it up uh, by talking a little bit about training hard. So where I wanted to start with the podcast episode Uh, is with this really cool idea that was introduced to me by Ido Portal, who is kind of like the godfather of the movement culture world. Uh, And he has this saying, which is, there is no such thing as a bad movement, just lack of preparation. And I love that. Uh, And... I believe that is also true when it comes to our training. There is no such thing as bad training or uh, training that is bad for you. All movement is really cool, really great for you. The issue is when there is lack of preparation for that type of training. I got to say it again, Uh, louder for the people in the back. Quote, I quote, uh, there is no such thing as a bad movement, just lack of preparation for it. Okay, so then I'm going to make this quote up myself so you can quote me. There is no such thing as 
a type of training being bad for you. There is just lack of preparation for it. So women can train hard. We just need to learn to do it in a respectful way. We need to build a strong foundation and train in a way that works with our body and physiology. The problem isn't running or cardio or HIIT. It's that you're doing it undernourished to burn calories and you're also not doing lower intensity cardio to help you recover. Uh, You're also doing it on not a strong foundation. You haven't spent the time to build that foundation, to build the safety, the stability, the robustness within the body, the metabolism, the nervous system. The problem isn't lifting heavy weights. It's that you haven't been taught how to train properly and you're not following a proper program that is progressive. The problem isn't that exercise is stressful. It's that you don't have a strong enough foundation to support the exercise or the type of exercise or the volume or the intensity. Uh, You aren't eating or sleeping enough. You can train hard. You can run, you can lift, you can train what we call hybrid, which is doing a mixture of everything. You can train in that way, but you need to prepare your body well to do that training. So let's look at some of the claims. So I'm kind of coming at it from the two the two main players uh, in this space, and that is like the metabolic side, the metabolic community, and then the cycle syncing hormonal community, you know, and then we have obviously the bodybuilding and the powerlifting world. But for a lot of women that I work with, for a lot of, uh, for a lot of you that are listening, potentially you have been in kind of the, the metabolic uh, space uh, for you know a period of time, and they're like original messaging, which you know it's gonna it's gonna start to change. It's really funny to, you know, I've been in the health and fitness industry now for fourteen or fifteen years, and I am a really big fan of watching trends come and go. Uh, I have this fascination with watching the culture and these macro and micro trends that come into the health and fitness culture Uh, and some things that are coming out now uh, in regards to training and certain movements we were doing those 14 or 15 years ago when I was working with my coach my coach was so ahead of the time he's like 10 years ahead uh, which you know I'm so grateful for having worked under him and learnt everything that I know and teach today really uh, stems from, from our work together. But it's interesting to see some things that are now really popular that we'll doing, we were doing over a decade ago. Uh, and then it's also really interesting just to sit back and observe uh, trends that come into the culture that last a period of time, but everyone jumps on the trend And, you know, the culture really is a pendulum and it swings from one end to the other end. And there's a few of us within the health and fitness space that really sit in the middle. 
uh, and we always have with how we approach our health, how we approach our training, our food, and how we teach, how we lead others. And I've always been in the middle. Uh, I ain't a fan of trends, uh, just like I ain't a fan of morning routines uh, and self-care practices. So it's been interesting to observe uh, in the, the metabolic space and the cycle syncing space, you know, the meta, they kind of came on around similar times. You know, I was aware of them about seven, eight years ago now where people started to show up in the metabolic space and talk a lot about stress and the impact of stress on our nervous system, on uh, you know, our hormones, our thyroid, our metabolism. And then pretty, uh, I guess, around that time also, there was conversation starting around uh, this idea of training with our physiology or our cycle being, you know, a really important tool to look at when uh, basically it's like a biomarker. Uh, and so the claims really being made or that were originally made within especially the metabolic space was this idea that exercise is stressful, that cardio and HIIT training is stressful and it rises cortisol, it's going to create thyroid problems and hormonal problems uh, and that we really shouldn't do it. We shouldn't train hard uh, and we shouldn't do cardio. So we need, you should stop running, stop doing HIIT training because you're creating a lot of stress on your body. That's been the message over the last five years or so Uh, and I don't agree with it Uh, and we're going to talk about why. So as I said at the start, there is no such thing as a type of training that is bad for you. There's just lack of preparation. So within the metabolic space, their focus is to help you manage stress, to build a stronger metabolism, to help support your hormones. So whether that's to restore your thyroid function, your hormonal function, maybe help you get your cycle back. Uh, they do a lot of work around using food to, you know, to help you learn how to nourish yourself. And, and I agree with all of that. You know, I agree with their approach and their principles. And there's some leaders really in this space. Uh, Josh and Jeannie I've had on the podcast many times. And so, so the problem is, so the, the problem with the claim is that it's not then followed up by you can do all of these types of training once you build a strong foundation, once you restore your thyroid, once you restore your metabolism, once you learn how to nourish your body, once you move out of a low energy availability state, you can run. You can train hard. You can do hybrid training. You could, if you wanted to, train for a half marathon. You know, you could lift five times a week if you wanted to. You could do sprints. You know, you could train a lot or hard. The the training isn't the problem. It's the lack of preparation, the lack of the foundation. And so the claim It's not a strong claim. Yes, there's some truth to it for sure because 
training a lot, training hard, doing loads of cardio without any strength training or without any low aerobic training ain't a great idea. Uh, Exercise is stressful. It creates stress on the body. That's totally true. Uh, Yes, it can rise your cortisol. So if you're doing that type of training undernourished and you're under-recovered and you're stressed and you're not sleeping well, of course that's going to create loads of stress on the body and, you know, hormonal chaos uh, and it's going to really impact your thyroid function, your hormonal function, your menstrual cycle or your biofeedback. It's the same with the cycle syncing space. You know, this kind of came came into uh, the health and fitness world about the same time, seven or eight years ago, I was aware of it. And the idea was don't train hard in the luteal phase of your cycle. As we're more inflamed, we're slower to recover. So you should just rest, take it really easy uh, in that second half of your cycle because of your changing hormones. Now, the claim here What's wrong with that claim is that, again, it's not backed up with actually, yeah, okay, we have changing hormones in the luteal phase of our cycle, which can, it could make training feel a little harder. Yes, we might be a little bit more inflamed. We may be, you know, a little slower to recover, but there are a bunch of strategies that we can put in place that supports us and our physiology in that second phase of our cycle. And actually, how well you fuel yourself and recover, how strong your foundation is, has a much greater impact on your training than your menstrual cycle. And so the claim is not backed up with also, okay, yeah, we can definitely train hard in the second phase of our cycle if we're prepared well, if we have a strong foundation, if we know how to nourish ourselves, if we know how to adapt or modify our training or our food. Uh, you know, for example, our resting metabolic rate is higher in that luteal phase. So do we know that we need to eat maybe an extra 100, 150 calories in the second half of our cycle? Yeah, our time to fatigue can be a little bit quicker, especially in hot, humid environments. So uh, if we're in uh, a part of the world that is very hot and humid, do we have a strong hydration you know, strategy to help us handle that humidity and the heat? There's also this idea that, you know, if we have PMS, that, you know, it It may impact our training or, you know, we should rest while we have PMS, uh, premenstrual symptoms, because we don't feel that great. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to look at some of the research, like what does the research say when it comes to uh, HIIT training and stress, HIIT training and inflammation, you know, HIIT training and uh, this second phase of our cycle. You know, is it really the villain when it comes to our health and our hormones? Is it doing damage to us? So some reports or studies show that during the luteal phase, we may have a slightly higher 
level of inflammation in the body and some PMS symptoms can cause inflammation. There was a research study done in 2022, a group of scientists, they wanted to explore how HIIT workouts, so high intensity interval training workouts might affect the uh, inflammatory response in the body. So they were looking at cytokinines, which are small proteins that are really crucial in uh, the activity of other immune system cells and blood cells. So when released, uh, when we release cytokinines, they signal the immune system to do its job. So these researchers wanted to explore how HIIT workouts might affect the cytokinine responses of women during the menstrual cycle. So the study was small, uh, which it often is when it comes to studying women and especially looking at their menstrual cycle. So it was with 14 healthy women. These women were around... 24 to 26 years old with a normal BMI Uh, and then they also did they took their VO2 max they had uh, regular menstrual cycles and they were randomly assigned four experimental sessions two during the follicular and two during the luteal phase so VO2 max and maximum aerobic velocity were determined prior to these sessions through a graded exercise test during both of the phases of the cycle. So they did this test in the follicular phase and they did this test in the luteal phase. 72 hours after having completed the graded exercise test, all participants performed a uh, high intensity interval session. So 10 times one minute sprints with one minute of rest in between at 90% of their maximum aerobic velocity. So then they took uh, blood, so serum concentrations of some key inflammatory markers were measured before and immediately after they finished their hit session and then one hour after that hit session. Want to know the results? Wanna? <laughs> hit workouts during the luteal phase actually lowered inflammatory markers, showing that it would be a natural way to regulate inflammation for healthy women during their cycle. This is a quote from the researchers. Mostly during the luteal phase, high-intensity intermittent exercise modulates cytokinine responses, thus impacting exercise recovery. In this scenario, HIT training emerges as a non-pharmacology strategy to regulate inflammatory responses on healthy women who were affected by an inflammatory state given their menstrual cycle. How cool is that? It's a really cool study. Uh, And so basically, if we look at, you know, the science and the research and the data and even think about your own menstrual cycle, if you've been tracking your cycle for a while, sometimes you'll notice that that second phase can feel a little bit crappy. There is some research out there that we are a bit more inflamed. Uh, 
But by doing exercise, uh, doing this, you know, I guess with, you know, if we're looking at this study, uh, doing this bout of, you know, HIIT uh, training reduced inflammation in that second phase, in that luteal phase. So it didn't create more inflammation. It didn't create more stress. It actually helped the women that were experiencing inflammation in that second phase of their cycle. It helped that inflammation. And there is loads of research out there on exercise and inflammation. Exercise is so good for you. It's so good for you. It is like now I I was reading a study uh, or some research or an article the other day and they were talking about how it should be or it, it has the greatest impact on our mental health and depression over any other, you know, uh, pharmacology strategy. And I believe it. <laughs> I believe it when it comes to anything to do with like our health and, you know, disease, metabolic disease, uh, inflammation, that exercise should be the number one strategy that we employ And so that was a cool study. So if in the second phase of your cycle, you feel a little bit crappy, I'll always tell my warriors, you've got to move. You've got to get out for a walk. You've got to do some uh, steady state aerobic zone two, or you can still do your strength training. Yes, you might have to adapt it a little bit. You might not be able to push as hard, uh, but it will have a positive impact on how you feel on your inflammation, uh, it will make you feel better than if you didn't do anything at all. There was another study done also in 2022, and they looked at the symptoms of severe PMS in individuals using a 10-week HIIT training program. So they had, you know, again, a small group of women, and these women experienced quite severe PMS uh, in the second phase of their cycle. So they created a training protocol or a program that was 10 weeks uh, and it was a HIT training program. The results from the study, those who did HIT saw a decrease in irritability and anxiety, plus their symptoms like cramping and muscle stif- stiffness reduced. Markers of inflammation uh, also decreased. But cortisol and progesterone rose. And the study also found a close link between progesterone, estradiol, and some of those key inflammatory markers and PMS symptoms. So basically what they, you know, what they are saying is that by training, and we don't have to just do HIIT training uh, because depending on where we're at uh, in our, you know, in our life, with our health and our hormones and our biofeedback, you know, it's important that we have a well-balanced exercise program, but this study is just showing that even in women who have severe PMS, if they did a 10-week HIIT training program, they saw a decrease in some of those symptoms, irritability, anxiety, the cramping, the muscle stiffness, uh, Then they did a review in 2023, and this review was looking at the effects of the menstrual cycle phases on immune function and inflammation at rest and after acute exercise. 
they found that while immune function and inflammatory response to exercise varied during different menstrual cycle phases, many training styles showed no difference. So basically a review is when they go in to like all of the research databases and they'll have like keywords, they'll have, you know, constraints around what they're looking for. And they'll pull all of the research and then it's kind of like a meta-analysis and then they review it and basically come up, kind of come out with a summary from all of the research. And within this review, they really wanted to look at, okay, we have different phases of the menstrual cycle. What effect does that have on our immune function and our inflammation at rest and then after acute exercise? And so looking at all of the research, they found that immune function and inflammatory response to exercise varied during different menstrual cycle phases. Many training styles showed no difference. So they looked at multiple different training styles. So strength training, you know, hit training, walking, there was a bunch of them. But they did find that the exception was running, that there was a bigger difference when it came to running, possibly due to the higher metabolic demand and the mechanical stress placed on the body. So the study suggested that exercise induced uh, increases in stress have a more significant effect than sex hormones on immune response to exercise. So I'm going to say it again. So the study, the review suggested that exercise induced increases in stress have a more significant effect than sex hormones on immune response to exercise. So while yes, potentially, you know, our inflammation's a little bit higher in that second phase of our cycle, maybe our immune system's a little bit lower in that second phase, they were more interested in, okay, If we take all of these different styles of training, uh, what is their effect on immune function and inflammatory response? And basically what they found was that, yes, exercise is stressful. (laughs) There is a stress response that is created when we exercise. And that has a more significant impact or effect on our immune response than where we are in our menstrual cycle. So what that means for us is that it's not about not training in that second phase of our cycle. It's just looking at what we are doing and potentially running, maybe doing lots of running or lots of cardio may further impact or maybe a bit harder because of the mechanical load and stress uh, placed on the body. So stress from exercise is what we would call acute stress. So we do the exercise and there is an acute bout of stress. Chronic stress is from years of undernourishment or you know, being in a stressful environment, being exposed to toxins, uh, not sleeping uh, you know, the amount that you need, maybe being in a you know, stressful relationship, chronic stress or chronic inflammation uh, is 
over the long term. So inflammation and the menstrual cycle often overlooks that impact of chronic inflammation from a sedentary lifestyle. And that's also really important. If you are sedentary, if you are not training, if you don't eat well, if you don't sleep well, or if you don't train, you are inflamed. (laughs) Uh, You're inflamed. I can guarantee that you are inflamed and your immune system ain't as good as those who eat well, sleep well, and train. Chronic exercise reduces inflammation and there is so much research out there to support that chronic exercise now I don't mean like go and over exercise but chronic exercise so exercising over a long period of time exercising consistently training consistently reduces your inflammation and strengthens your immune system So when we're talking about this kind of claim with the menstrual cycle, even the metabolic space, they're often overlooking, you know, that impact of that chronic um, stress or inflammation from that sedentary lifestyle, particularly the the within the the menstrual cycle space. So short term inflammation isn't the same as chronic inflammation, okay, associated with poor metabolic health. And this is why it's really important to work on your metabolic health, to build your foundation, to learn how to nourish your body, to strengthen, you know, restore your thyroid, to restore some type of stability um, and safety within the body. Because chronic inflammation is created by poor metabolic health. Uh, But the inflammatory markers released post-exercise are considered to be really beneficial for us. So we've got to exercise. <laughs> uh, the other piece is, yes, there is some evidence that we have a possibly lower recovery uh, rate in the luteal phase. We have increased need for calories, as I said. It could be 2 to 12%. So it's roughly maybe around like, you know, 100, 150 uh, calories extra a day. We have the catabolic uh, nature of progesterone, so it's breaking down, and we do have potentially impacted sleep quality. And that all may impact our recovery, but we can put strategies in place to support us in that luteal phase. Uh, So uh, that will support our training and will support our recovery. The postmenopausal stage of life is also associated with uh, increased systemic inflammation. And that also can be, uh, I guess, mitigated through exercise training. So as you are going through perimenopause and even then you, you know, you go through menopause, you're postmenopausal. Uh, there's a bit of research out there that states that, you know, we have higher levels of baseline cortisol uh, and we have more uh, inflammation. And then as we age, our immune function can decrease. But if we look at the research around the effect of exercise on inflammation and our immune, we know that we can mitigate some of that through exercise training. So it's even more important as we're aging, as we're going through perimenopause and menopause, that we exercise and we need a well-balanced exercise program. There was a review uh, that was in 2021 and they investigated the... 
uh, effects of exercise training on inflammatory markers in postmenopausal women. So these are women who have been through menopause, so no longer cycle. So it was a systematic review, which means that they went and they tried to find all the high quality research on the effects of exercise training on inflammatory markers in this, this age group. So they found 32 studies uh, and those 32 studies had a total of 1,500 uh, postmenopausal women. Uh, overall, exercise training, so aerobic resistance and combined training, significantly reduced inflammatory markers. So aerobic resistance and combined, so more of this hybrid approach, reduced inflammatory markers. So we can train hard. We just need to learn to do it in a respectful way. We need to build a strong foundation. We need to be eating enough food. We need to be recovering well. The problem isn't running or cardio or hit. It's that you're doing it undernourished. You're doing it on a weak foundation. You're doing it just to burn calories. You're not recovering well. And you're not doing, you're not, you don't have a well-balanced exercise program. So there's something missing. You're not strength training. You're not doing your lower intensity cardio to help you recover. The problem isn't, you know, lifting heavy weights. Yeah, it's that you haven't been taught how to train properly. You're not following a proper program. The problem isn't that exercise is stressful. It is stressful for an acute amount of time and that stress is good for us especially when it comes to our metabolic health our immune health our inflammation it helps us with pms symptoms of our menstrual cycle so the problem isn't that it's stressful the problem is is that you're living a life that is creating chronic stress. That could be a sedentary life, it could be not eating well, not sleeping enough, not actually training. It could be your environment, your relationships, your work that you're doing that's creating that chronic stress. Exercise is going to help you with that. You can train hard. You can train hybrid, you can run and you can lift. Okay, Warrior Woman, it was an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you today. I will see you really soon. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.